So is it fair to say you have your pick of wherever you want to go? Uh, it is not fair to say that. It's up to the recruiter, but I'm certainly going to do my darndest. So. I believe Mitch did his darndest that day. Look it up. Darndest is a business term. On today's episode of the First Year Integrated Core podcast, JL and I sit down and we talk about the job search process. From day one, maybe at a career fair, to day one of that job or that internship. There's a lot that happens in between. It's not just paperwork. You're not just checking the boxes. You have to find a way to stand out. You have to make sure that it's the right position, the right organization, the right culture that you want to be working in. And then we head back to the career fair, where I sat down with first-year integrated course students, current and past, to get their thoughts on the whole process and what they've done to prepare. Welcome to the first-year integrated core podcast. tell you about what I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the career fair obviously was yesterday, 1 to 5.30 after I was done with my class at 1. I got I went over there. It was still kind of, there wasn't a lot of students in there yet, but it was starting to pile up. So I went in there and I, I sat down kind of in the bleachers or the, the nice comfortable chairs. And I told my students, if you see me, come and talk to me because I want to interview you. Yeah. I want to ask you some questions. And... It's funny, a student that I was looking for, a student of mine from last semester that I hadn't seen yet, Mm -hmm. I've been looking for him. I wanted to check in with him, see how he's doing, all that kind of good stuff, see how J-Term was. He was the first student that I saw yesterday. Yes. So he walks up, he's like, what are you doing here? You know, I'm telling him. You tell him you're looking for a career? Absolutely. Why is it still stressful to go to a career fair, even if I'm not looking for a job? I, I don't know. Probably brings you back. It must. I don't know. Everybody else is stressed out. I shouldn't be stressed out. But I got this fancy recorder, and I got my iPhone, and I'm like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Have you heard it yet? His answer was no, but now he knows. And then he said, uh, or I asked him, can I interview you? Can I ask you you know, what you're doing here, how you prepared, all that kind of good stuff? Same stuff I told my students in class yesterday. Right. He was the first one to walk up, so we did that. I ended up getting to talk to over about an hour. I think I got to talk to like five or six students. Yeah. Got that audio, so we're going to tie that into this episode. I'm going to dub awesome. it in. Awesome. It's going to be amazing. But when you think about the career fair, do you talk about it in your class? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, in our class, a lot of the conversation is, you know, what would be a way to approach something that's not standard? So if you're going to approach career fair, how might you stand out? You know, what would you do differently than what you normally would? It's a perfect opportunity because what, 500 or 1,000 students are going to pour in. They're all going to look really similar. They're going to hand pieces of paper that look really similar to people. So it's an environment where you've got to do something if you want to stand out. And most people want to. They just haven't taken the time to think about it. So we talk about that in class. So do you give them ideas or do you tell them to come up with their own ideas? Do you just discuss those ideas at Yeah, all? a little bit of both. I One of the things I do is tell them the story of what my brother used to do. So I... I, I'm not someone that follows kind of traditional pathways anyway. So I have never been to a career fair. And I I don't know that I ever would go to one. 
that just seems like I want to go where people aren't going. That's where you can stand out the easiest. Um, but my brother has done a lot of that kind of stuff who teaches here as well. And, uh, he used to put, he had a very standard resume, but under his very first thing he said, ask, he had just one bullet point that said, ask me the story about my four hour day that lasted 38 hours out in the oil fields in New Mexico. That's awesome. That's it. Everything else was exactly what you would expect on a resume. But his conversation at that table was telling this amazing story about his internship as an engineer, where he was in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico and had to sleep in a truck and he had two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to cover him for almost two days. And that was that was work. You know, that was him becoming an engineer. And that, of course, the person across the table connected with him differently than the next engineer that just handed them a resume that said 3.9 grade point average. And, uh, you know, I did all the right internships. Can you get a copy of that resume? That oh, we I'm could sure share? we could. I'm sure we could upload that. He he keeps everything, so I'm sure we could upload that. Let's I, get that. I believe that he does keep everything. We should we should have that conversation with him. 100. And then post that on the Instagram page that we're going to have for this show. Yep. Or the FSB Instagram page, something. That's right, our TikTok page. Yeah, because we're going to be relevant. Well, what do you, I mean? Have you done these kind of things? Have you gone to career fairs and done done those kind of things in the past? Uh, you know, that's interesting because when you said, I don't, I've never been to a career fair, I, I gave you a look that obviously podcast listeners can't see. That's and right. It was a look of astonishment. Like, how have you never been to one? And then you asked me, I'm like, I went to one and I went to one <laughs> when I was a student at Miami. That's when I went. Oh to my one. gosh. Okay. Yeah. And then my first job I found on monster. I didn't find it. Oh my gosh. Fair. Those are the days, but I still had to prepare, you know, for that first interaction quote unquote group interview. Yeah. The same way that I think I would prepare if I was good to go meet with a recruiter at the fall or the, the spring career fair here at Miami. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no idea how I found a way to stand out. The one that I went to at Miami, I know I got two job offers. Yeah. Which, which I was kind of excited about. Mm -hmm. They were, they weren't even summer internships. It was like job because I was a regional student. So I was working and I was going to school at the same time. So I think that's why those employers were at that specific career fair at Miami Hamilton. Yeah. Versus the ones here are coming to interview students for potential internships primarily. Yeah. That might turn into a job down the road. That's right. Or at least you'll leverage for, you know, because at some point you'll say, well, what have you done so far? And this, you know. Your internships is it gives a path. Yeah. You know, here's what I've been doing. Here's the cool stuff I did in the past. So when when you introduce yourself to somebody, yeah, because the same type of rule applies. You want to stand out. You want to be memorable. How do you introduce yourself to somebody that you want to have some sort of professional relationship with? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I almost always take. I almost always am looking for an opportunity to like connect with them in a non traditional way. So I probably wouldn't use LinkedIn Messenger. I probably wouldn't. Uh, send them an email. Like I, when I was trying to do this on purpose to get a job, um, I would handwrite letters because those actually get delivered to people's desks. And there would be some good reason why I was writing that specific personal letter. So a lot of times people just reach out kind of broadly and it that's not going to be received terribly well. Like you don't really know who you should be talking to. And you can do that research. The internet will give you almost any information you need about anyone. So you can figure out who at that company you want to talk to. And then send them a letter or something, you know, reach out to them in some form that makes sense. So I would do that. I would write, I hand write a letter saying, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm really interested in your company. 
you know, wondering if we can just have like a informational coffee or, you know, wonder if we can just catch up over coffee. I'll call you in a week and talk to your assistant. I always would say that because even if they don't have an assistant, they love the idea that maybe they'd be that big of a deal. I love that. They that. Would. You know, you got to throw you got stroke the ego, stroke the bit, ego yeah. a little bit. It doesn't hurt. And, uh, you know, I would call these people back. Like I sent 10 letters out. And out of the first five calls I made, I talked to three people directly. And the first two people I talked to wanted to meet with coffee and both offered me a job, a job that didn't exist. Like there, there was no posting anywhere. I wasn't competing with anyone for it because I had already reached out to them in a really different way. And you could just do that by, you know, networking with who you know or who your friends know or who your parents know. There's lots of ways to get in a room with someone, having a conversation, and you aren't doing it in the same way everyone else is. My connections, the way that I usually make connections, and I tell my students this, is sports. Like, that's just my thing. So in the beginning of all of my classes, students do like a 60-second introduction of themselves. Right. So I know where you're from, what you're into. And undoubtedly, a lot of students talk about sports. Yeah. They played sports or fan of sports. So I immediately start to make that connection there. I tell them, one of the other things that I share with them is use your Miami connections. Right. Use your Miami email account right now when you're connecting with people because there is a huge network out there that you are now a part of. Right. And Miami grads are very, very willing to help support Miami students. A lot of people have forgotten the value of a handwritten note. Yeah. We, in, in my 102 class, I talk, I tell a couple stories about handwritten thank you notes and how those mean so much more than a follow-up email. I love right. that you apply that to the job search too, or just connecting with people because you're right. right. It does stand out. It's old school, but because so many people don't do it, it's a way to stand out and be more personable than yeah. an email or yeah. sometimes a LinkedIn yeah. message. Yeah, it's similar. Like you want your message to resonate. And if you are communicating in some saturated form, like you're just one of a thousand people. Some of the people that I used to work with, they said they get hundreds of emails a day from people reaching out to them that want to talk to them. Like, I I don't know if you can imagine, like if you had 200 emails today in your inbox saying, I'd love to meet with you, it's going to be really hard for anyone to get that meeting. But if they interact with you in a way where only one person has interacted with you that way, it's a little easier. That's the same conversation I was having with a group of two students yesterday yeah. Yesterday at the job fair. I, one of the questions I asked, and hopefully we'll include that in the episode, was how do you plan on staying connected with the person at the company or the companies that you want to stay connected with? And the initial response was, I'll probably send a follow-up email. And then I could see in his eyes after he said, he was like, wow. And he said this out loud. They're probably going to get a whole bunch of emails. I need to find a way to stand out. So I know that was kind of his homework from yesterday is how can I connect and then stand out so that I stand out above the other 200 emails, as you said, that they're undoubtedly going to get from a big event like a career fair. Yeah. And I love the challenge of taking what probably has to be your, uh, like, we're going to have to reach out digitally most of the time. Of course, you can handwrite a letter. But most of the time you have an email address for someone and you're going to need to email them. I love the challenge of how do you communicate in an appropriate manner, you know, core 102 material, and then how do you stand out core 103 material? Like, how do you do that? How do you use this environment that you need to communicate with them to stand out? Because you can. You can stand out an email. You don't have to, you know, be waiting by their car, you know, when they get out of the grocery store, because that's going to freak them out. Not recommended. Yeah. Creative, interesting, not effective. You want, 
You want new, novel, interesting, and effective. Or delivering something to a Zeckler household that's not, in fact, <laughs> that's right. the correct Zeckler household. That's right. Philip, I'm looking at you. Still love it. Still the best story ever, Philip. That is a fantastic story. Um, <clears throat> tell me about your thoughts on LinkedIn. Because I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. Yeah. I build my network on LinkedIn. I, in fact, for this podcast, reached mm -hmm. out to a couple recruiters that I saw students share their posts from being at the career fair yesterday. Yeah. Because I said, I got the student perspective. I want to get the perspective of some of the recruiters that are there. So I used that to, through one student's connection, connect with somebody who was recruiting because I ran out of time yesterday. I didn't get to actually interview any recruiters. Yeah. Uh, I, I used that to make those connections. And then I looked to see what we might have in common Yep. and use that to give them more of a reason to reach back out to me. What I mean, do you think about LinkedIn? Well, you just told me the story about buying audio equipment and how once you realized that they were Miami alum, you, re you knew there'd be no issues getting a better price on it, but also having some, you know, a connection with this person. So yeah, you know, LinkedIn is amazing in that way where people are there because they want to share their work history, which is a big part of who we are as mm -hmm. humans. What you've done for work tells you a lot about them. And I use that also to paint a picture of their persona. Like what companies did they find appealing? What jobs did they find appealing? That tells me a lot about them. So mm -hmm. now, I, now I know even a different way to approach them or how to talk to them. If they keep ending up in director roles wherever they're going, like, okay, these are, this is a go-getter. This is someone who knows how to rise to the top quickly. They may be looking for that same thing. And maybe that's not who you are. So you also know maybe this isn't the right person for me to connect with. So you can use it in both ways. Um, but how nice to know something about them before you go in. Not just you can use it against them so that you can connect with them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not positive. like a, I get some advantage from knowing your history. It's, you know, now we see that that there's something in common here, or at least I understand you better. Do you think it freaks people out still that because all of that information is out there that people can do their research on you before they introduce themselves to you? Yeah, I mean, you control what's on there. It's not like the government puts the information down based on your tax reports. You know, mm -hmm. like I've chosen to curate, here are, the, here are the jobs I've done that I want you to see, and here are the things that I think are important for you to know about each of those. Like, I'm definitely, that's my homepage. That's JL's work homepage. Mm -hmm. You want to know what JL's like as a, a worker, go to LinkedIn and see, see that. Um, where, you know, like my video blog that's secret and private that you can't find even if you search really hard, I dare you. Um, you know, that was different. You know, that was different. I was just speaking off the cuff. And Did you release that to your students yet? No. Oh, no one sees it. No. I thought there was some there sort was, of... There was a challenge. There was something. There was something where I shared one video. Um, my students didn't quite earn it, but I gave it to them anyway. So you're a giver. I'm a giver. When it comes to interviewing, yeah. How much interviewing have you done in life? Uh, which side? As an employer. As an employer, uh, not a lot. Okay. Not a lot. Most of my ventures, I've been solo. Okay. When you're being interviewed, what is your favorite question to be asked? Well, I do really like the I do really like a question that lets me tell a story. One, just because I like I feel like you're going to get to know me a lot better if I just tell you a real story from my life. Um, and then I really like the the off the wall questions. So we do something in in our 103 class, and uh, like Google and other companies are starting to ask really different questions. Google has a question like if you were I, I'm not going to get this 100 percent correct, but it's if you were shrunk down to the size of a penny and you were put in a a blender and all the rules of gravity still apply well, and the blender was going to turn on in, in 10 seconds, what would you do? 
And they're not, I love those kind of questions because there isn't a right answer. Yeah. They're just trying to see, are you mentally flexible? Because no matter what answer you give them, they're going to say, what else could you do? What else? They just want to see, can you imagine 10 possibilities, 20 possibilities? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter what your first answer is. That first right answer is pretty worthless. It's what do you do after that? So I love those kind of questions because um, it's fine, you know, that's an environment where I know I can shine. So it's like, oh, I know I got this. I, got, I can think of a hundred different things you could do. They're not all good ideas, but I can think of a hundred, you know? You're prepared just in case. Well, I'm not prepared. I just can. You like, just can. When you learn you to take, riff. yeah. You know, we, we were just talking about this in class the other day. Like it's, it's not about, it's not about some people can come up with good ideas and some people can't. It's, can you take the filters away? Can you stop filtering? Can you free your brain enough to just let it create ideas? Or does, does everything go through all your filters or not? And it's so hard. It's so hard not mm -hmm. to just go with your first right answer. Unfortunately, it's just always familiar. Your first answer is like no one right off the bat just invents the most amazing thing ever no one's ever thought of. That's just not the first idea we have. We have familiar ideas. Yeah. And uh, so I love those moments. I love those moments in an interview. So I, I'm, I hate the interviews that are 10 pre-written questions that oh. they're going to ask every single person. Those are the ones where I'm like, if that's, I already know this probably isn't a company I want to work at. If that's how you think you should interview something, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm analyzing everything at that moment. Like, well, I don't even want to work at this company yeah, because whoever's running it thinks that's a decent way to find your employees. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been in those interviews. I've had people give me questions. I've had human resources yeah. people give me the list of the 10 questions to ask and not to be defiant, but it just doesn't make sense for me either. Yeah to go one through 10 and move on to the next person. Yeah. In fact, I, maybe I'm not a traditional interviewer. I've done a lot of interviewing. Yeah. Um, but my first question always 100% of the time is not even a question. It's tell me about yourself. Yeah. And I just shut up and listen. Right. Because I want to, I want you to sell yourself to me. Just to tell me about your background. Why are you excited to be here? That sort of thing. Yeah. And then I find those, as we were talking about earlier, those common connections that we might have. And then we go down different paths based on you as a person, not this role and this job description and these 10 questions that I'm supposed to ask. Yeah. I want to have a conversation. The best interviews that I've had, both being an interviewer and being an interviewee, yeah. were conversations, not a checklist of 10 questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember when we worked at Seat Company, we would, everyone on the team would be a part of the interviewing the new potential person, even though there was a team lead that would make that final call. Because there's a really critical question at the end, which is, you know, at the end of the day, when work's over, would you want to go hang out with them? Would you want to go grab appetizers with them or go grab a drink with them? Because do you, would you ever want to hang out with them outside of work is a way to say, like, do they fit? Mm-hmm. You know, can you see them as someone that would be enjoyable to work with? Because that was so important to that company that not only did we work together, but that we liked working together. And it was like, oh, that's great. You know, and those interviews always went that question. I remember we would ask, we would essentially ask different versions of like, what do you do for fun? And what's your personality like? Or Would this be at the end of the interview? Yeah, and we didn't ask them, meet? but we were, that's what we were trying to figure out. Would we want to hang out with this person outside of work? And if yes, that's a good sign. And if no, why? I love that. And that's somewhere I would want to work. Yes. I think, well, Miami's like that. Exactly. I've worked at places where you can't hang out with people outside of work. Can't. Cannot. Like, like it wouldn't be acceptable. Absolutely. Oh, how weird. It was so weird. And then when you did hang out outside of work, yeah. you couldn't talk about it at work. It was a very weird dynamic. Yeah. Get out of there. 
I you, did. Yeah. Eventually. Yes. But I should have way before. Yeah, much sooner. Way before that. Yeah. But hopefully this is a lesson learned that I can share here with our audience on the First Year Integrated Core podcast. Speaking of that in our audience, let's go to those interviews that I did with our students at the career fair to see what they did to prepare, what they were expecting from those conversations, and what their long-term expectation was from these relationships they were building right here at Miami University's Millette Hall. So at the career fair, I'm sitting in the stands, and as my students see me, they come up and uh, answer a few questions. So the first question was, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, my name is Luke Reefsnyder. My name is Rahul Chaudhary. And uh, we just came here to just kind of get a feel for refreshments. So we just came here to get a feel for like, uh, I don't know, just talking to people and uh, I don't know. We're out here just trying to get used to talking to uh, people in suits. It can be intimidating at times, but once you get the fr uh, first few stutters out there, it gets, gets a little easier. I'm Jeremy Chapman. I'm, uh, I'm undecided in farmer. Awesome. Are you a freshman? Yes. Is this your first career fair? No, I went in the fall. Why did you go in the fall? Uh, so I know that it was an assignment in the fall, but I decided that I wanted to come talk to as many people as I could. I passed out probably 15 resumes just to kind of get used to it, get, get a feel for how it goes. So when it comes time that I can actually land something, I'll have a little bit of experience. Uh, I'm Mitchell Boyce. I'm trying to have fun throwing around my resume, see if I can get any positions this summer. Um, but really just practice my elevator pitch out here. So, As you can hear in those answers, the theme is I'm here to practice and to get to know some people. So I wondered, what did you do to prepare for these conversations today? Well, I tried to narrow it down to companies that I thought I'd have at least a slight chance with being a freshman and uh, companies that were local where I live when I'm not here just because as a freshman, I, I don't really want to live somewhere else over the summer. So that, that only left me with two, but we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> Did you use Handshake at all to look at the employers that were going to be here? Yes. Did you filter it by the, the freshman and sophomore friendly things? Yep. Nice. And that helped yeah. prepare you for today? It did. So naturally, the next question was, how's it going so far? Um, yeah, they usually shoot us down at first, but uh, if you ask a few questions, they seem to be a little bit more interested or uh, willing to help out. Or um, I found it found it pretty interesting if I asked like what I can do in the next few years uh, to be like uh, the highest potential candidate. Um, it seems to work pretty well, and they're they're pretty pretty eager to tell tell us what or tell me what to do. How long do those conversations usually last? Mm, five ten minutes. Yeah. Really? You get, they're giving you five to ten minutes? About, yeah, five to ten yeah. minutes, yeah. That's fantastic. So some of them are getting five to ten minutes to meet with people and start to build that relationship. My next question, what are you going to do to maintain that relationship so that they remember you the next time you connect? Maybe sending them like an email like right after this, anyone that you talked to that felt like just a little bit interested, just kind of like saying thank you and... Uh, reaching out to them maybe for like upcoming events or um. going along with what Luke said like possibly even like looking at their LinkedIn 
uh, adding a note, uh, not just randomly connecting, because more likely than not, they're talking to hundreds of students, so it might be hard for them to recollect uh, who you were. So maybe adding a note, like that you enjoy the, the chat, and uh, you came out at like, 2 p.m. or whatever. And then also, uh, we've been we've been picking up uh, their like postcards or whatever they have at the at the table, so that we can add, we we ourselves can remember the company because I know it can be sometimes hard if you're walking around with like four or five boots and it's like kind of confusing at times. One student I talked to was reconnecting with employers that he had met with before. In fact, just the night before because he's a part of a business organization at Farmer School of Business that allowed him the opportunity to get with these employers in advance of the career fair. Yeah, I, uh, I talked to somebody from Genesis Technologies um, and DHL last night. So they told me to come around again today. When you say last night, did you have, like, a, was it a private business organization event or something where you had access to these employers ahead of time? Yeah, I'm in uh, Delta Sigma Pi, the professional fraternity, and we had a pre-night with a couple companies, about eight companies last night. So I'm sure there's a lot of benefits, but uh, is that one of the main benefits for joining a business organization? Uh, the networking is fantastic. Um, I have a lot of ins. Actually, one of my, Lauren Waldrop, fantastic person, just recommended to me that there is a DSIG recruiter for the People's Bank which is one of the first tables out there. So that's where I was heading before I got interviewed. So. so then the last question, and you know I had to ask it, was how did the first year Integrated Core prepare you for these conversations? Oh, uh, well, I will say I, uh, business launcher, right, is very, very helpful for a, like start, start your resume, start your cover letter, and uh, impre- uh, increase your confidence to prepare for this current fear. Uh, even though you are a freshman or sophomore, but don't give up and just move on. Yeah. Don't give up. Be yourself. Do your research ahead of time. Find a way to make your connections. And most of all, figure out how you can stand out from the rest of the crowd. I love the plug for 102. It's a class very close to my heart, but you can't forget about 101, 103, and 104. We are the first year integrated core. You learn skills in these classes that you will use from the beginning of a conversation at a career fair to the first day on your job and being successful there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the first year integrated core podcast. The next episode will be available at the end of April. We will see you then.